Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, joined by Jordan Climax to get his thoughts on a, a Sunday night showdown between the Browns and the Ravens. The Browns fell 16 to 10 and fell to six and six on the season. But Jordan, first off, you shaved, man. I know nobody else can see it, but you, you, you're going to you know, hairless uh, just as the winter season has come into full effect in Ohio. <laughs> I was just thinking about that because I shaved yesterday and it snowed like really hard for the first time um, this year. And it was like, yeah, you know what? I, maybe I made the wrong time to do it, Henry. But it's one of those things where like, I'm the same way with my hair. Like one day I just wake up and it's like itchy and it's like, you know, what? I need a haircut. And the same day, some days I just wake up, you know, the beard is itchy. I, I need to shave it off. And I guess that's where we're at, man. Cold baby face right now. It was cold in Cleveland, that's for sure. I was back for Thanksgiving, and it was a, a cold night in Baltimore, too. But it was also a cold night for the Browns' offense, Jordan, in general. Uh, they only mustered 10 points in, in this game. I think that was the prevailing story because the Browns lost. On the, on the defensive side of the football, there's four interceptions of Lamar Jackson. So that part was a bright spot. The offense, obviously, not so much. So, well. Uh, you know, what stood out to you from the game as far as how the Browns ultimately fell in this one? Um, I mean, at this point, a couple games in a row, uh, going back to uh, the Patriots game, I mean, the dis level of disrespect that opposing defenses have for the Browns passing game is like one of the, one of the crazier things I can remember seeing in football, Henry, like, there were times last night where, I mean, you know, typically if you're, you're a team is selling out to stop the run, you'll see an eight-man stacked box. But, Henry, I saw multiple times of a nine-person box uh, last night for the Ravens defense. And, like, what can you do against that? Like, yeah, your offensive line is great. and I mean, obviously it doesn't help that Conklin went down. Your running backs are great. But, like, when you have guys running free because they're bringing so many people and you just can't block all of them, like, what, what can you do? You have to be able to pass the ball. And, and you can't pass the ball. I don't know what it is, Henry. It was a very poorly executed game. It was a very poorly – it might have been the worst coached bronze game I can remember, uh, especially from the offensive side of the ball. Head coaching as well, you know, the 12 men coming out of the timeout. But, yeah, I, I mean, really just the thing that stood, stands out to me the most is this team just cannot pass the ball. And other teams know that. And it's basically like we're going to take away the run and you're not going to be able to beat us passing the ball. And they can't. And the only reason they won last week is because we were playing the Detroit Lions who don't have talent on their team. Any team you play with is like, I don't, I don't even know if I see the Browns winning a game the rest of the year, to be honest with you. I, I mean, it, it's shocking, Henry. Um, they just can't pass the ball whatsoever. Third downs are, are just laughable at this point. Um, I've been saying it for a couple weeks now, a third and seven for this offense might as well be like a third and 23. You're not going to be able to convert it because you have to throw in those situations, and we can't. So the lack of, of pass game, Henry, and just the, the level of disrespect that defenses are showing our pass game and you still can't do anything about it to me is just – it's pathetic. It's hard to watch, and, and quite frankly, it's kind of hard to explain at this point. I think that's, you know, the the pretty clear takeaway is that the passing game just wasn't there, right? And I I guess it's not that clear because I saw some people on Brown's Twitter being like, oh, why don't the Browns run the football more? Well – they highlighted on the broadcast how many times the Ravens, you know, put eight plus defenders in the box, but it, the majority of first downs, it basically in this one, they, there were eight or as you mentioned, even nine guys in the box. And 
the simple stats on it are this, the, the Browns ran for 2.4 yards per attempt when they tried to run the football, because the Ravens said, Hey, you will not run the football. In fact, we're going to play five down linemen. We're going to play three linebackers. And they often had a safety or Marlon Humphrey, you know, if the, the Browns were going jumbo in the box as a ninth man. And you just don't see that in today's NFL. And especially because Jordan, what's, and I brought this up last night, what's been the revelation in the NFL this year against Pat Mahomes, against Josh Allen, deep safeties, like too deep all the time, everything in front of you, like, go ahead. We dare you to run the football. We dare you to, because it's so hard to be efficient that way. And the Ravens said, no, actually what we're going to do is dare you to throw the football, even in the modern NFL and, and the Browns had no answers. So, and, and you mentioned the third downs quickly too. the Browns two for 10 on third and medium or third and long. That's pretty much all you needed out two for 10 in, in this one against the Ravens. Oh yeah. Can I, can I get into a second thing here? Um, yeah, get, get, jump in. I mean, are, you've been a you've been a Kevin Stefanski guy. Where are you at with this? Um, I mean, there's no excuse for a lot of things that happened yesterday. Uh, we could start with the 12 men on the field coming out of a, a freaking timeout. Um, that's inexcusable. That's that doesn't happen in high school football. Okay, it doesn't. So for that to happen in the NFL game, it is pretty pathetic. And then the other thing, I don't know if you noticed this, but I noticed this. Um, the Ravens just had our cadence figured out. Uh, they knew Baker's cadence. It was evident on like what the first play of the game when they tried to run it and Patrick Queen blows it up because he knew the cadence. Um, who gets to blame for that? I think it's I, I think it's both the quarterback and the coach because obviously the Ravens are preparing for the Browns cadence. They're watching it in film all week, which I hope would mean that the Browns are doing the same for the Ravens, knowing that you know that they're watching it and you don't change it up. I mean, that was crazy to me. Um, that's coaching. That's quarterback. I, I mean, it, it's, it's a terrible con- combination right now. Henry, we have an average quarterback and right now a coach who's been average to below average. And you can say the same about the quarterback. And it, it, it's something we thought we had figured out. We thought we had our co- quarterback and our coach combo. And I, I'm having serious doubts, Henry. I mean, the lack of adjustments this year has been, um, you know, has been, you know, forefront. I go back to last week's game against the Lions. You, you kind of got out coached by Dan Campbell at halftime. The Browns were up 13 to nothing against the Lions at halftime. They didn't score another point in that game. You can tell me that you can't come in and figure out what to do against an o, a team that hasn't won a game, their defense. Then you carry it over to this week, Henry. I, I, just, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how Stefanski lost control. I don't know where he did, and I don't know how he did. I don't know how to explain it, but it's a night and day from last year, and that scares me. Again, as I brought up several times on the podcast, I think you have to separate play caller from coach, a head coach. And on one hand, I think, you know, I I was pretty critical of Kevin Stefanski last night. And still, I rewatched the game today. I do think it was probably his worst called game of the season. But again, on the rewatch, you look at it, Jordan, and there are plays where you're just like, what is Baker Mayfield looking at? Like, I don't. There was two prime examples. A lot, of, a lot of one reads and predeterminations. But even, a lot of it. But even then, yeah, the, the, the predetermination, I think, is a great way to put it because he sometimes look, just comes off of his first read before the play's like even really developed, and it's open. And I think one of the things that was most frustrating watching the, the, the rewatch of this game is I actually thought the Browns made some decent adjustments coming out of the second half, and – 
Baker Mayfield, they're, they they went play action early on in the third quarter. And it, it, and you saw it develop later on in the game, that route they threw to Jarvis Landry. There was a more open version of that, like right away. I think it might have been the second drive. And Baker Mayfield just like double pumps and, and then ends up taking a sack when Jarvis Landry is wide open, 15 yards in the middle of the field. And it's like, it's exactly what they did later in the game. But they ran the same play 15 minutes earlier. And Baker Mayfield just didn't throw the football. And I have no... I have no explanation. There was a different play in the first half, the one where Donovan Peoples-Jones dropped the ball, right? And that's a really frustrating play. I don't know if you've seen the yeah, screenshots the, of this. Uh, the, the, the two tight ends wide open, neither one of them would have had a touchdown. His first read is to yep. a tight end where the next closest player is another wide open Browns tight end. There's no Baltimore Ravens on that side of the field. And he doesn't throw the football. I mean, it's, it's like middle school, high school level stuff where it's his first read who's wide open. And I, I cannot explain those passes not being thrown. So it was, again, like a bang your head against the wall. And I can only imagine how Kevin Stefanski, you know, he is watching that film and being like, what, what more am I supposed to do here? Now, on the I'll tell you side, what he can do is he can make a change and he's not going to do it. Did you hear him get testy in the press conference after the game? Yeah, and, and so that's where I was you, – you stole the words right out of my mouth, Jordan, and I was going to say, <laughs> Kevin Stefanski, no, the, the head coach is responsible for the execution as well. And at some point, there either has to be discussion about Case Keenum or he has to you know pay for the consequences of what's happening on the field because it's not just Baker Mayfield, too. Let's be clear. Demetrius Felton had a key drop. I think there were five total drops in, in this game. Austin Hooper had a drop. There David were a couple Njoku. drops on the last drive of the game. Yeah, I mean, these things are are all, you know, we talk about execution versus scheme. The scheme is there, but at some point you've got to execute too. So it's either those guys need to execute they or they need to replace them. And I do think it's, at some point there's a conversation to be had about Case Keenum. But yeah, I, I, I do think Kevin Stefanski, the head coach to me, has been exposed a little bit this year. I don't think the play calling necessarily has been a ton other than let's call for what it is. He's limited right now, not only with Baker Mayfield, but uh, I, I love my guy, Blake Hans. He had one of the worst performances yeah. I've seen from an offensive lineman in, in a long time. He got destroyed in this game on both the run and the passing front. So, so I just, I, I'm tired of the injury excuses. I, I you know, and like, I, I get yeah. it. And, and it's the fact of the matter, but I mean, like, were the Ravens not missing Calais Campbell last night? Were they not missing Jimmy Smith? Have they not had a running back all year? I mean, come on. That's, Every team that's is a fair point. With us. That's a fair point. And what I think that goes back to, Jordan, is you've got a quarterback that can't overcome those things. That they lose one offensive lineman and this scheme breaks down because they don't have a you know a plan B. They just don't have one. It's like, okay, we've got the system. If it doesn't work, like what is it? I mean, you look at Lamar Jackson last night. He was terrible. Four interceptions, all of that. The two best plays of the game were not play calls. They were Lamar Jackson running to his right and launching a ball downfield to Mark Andrews. And then Lamar Jackson running straight backward and finding Mark Andrews in the end zone. The Browns don't have a quarterback that can make those kind of plays. And he's better when he's mobile. Absolutely. I think the injuries are playing a part in this for sure. But at some point you look around and you're like, boy, that one team's got a guy who's just making some magic happen when the chips are down and one team doesn't. And one thing on the Case Keenum thing real quick, too, is like, is, is he just like the worst practice player of all time or something? <laughs> like, I, I truly don't understand what can be seen 
that like you go out and you watch Baker Mayfield play. He's so clearly bothered by every single injury. Henry, it was like the third play of the game for the Browns and he had to run out and use his feet. That one time having to do that crippled him for the rest of the game. So like, what are you seeing? I I, I don't understand it. Like what, what level of input does Baker Mayfield have in this? Like, I, I don't understand like what's going on. It's such an odd situation to me because everyone can see it. Everyone that knows football, that's watched football. Hell, you probably don't even need to know football. You could just watch Baker Mayfield play and be like, this dude is, he's banged up. So if you have a guy that's healthy and you're paying him a lot of money behind him, what are you waiting on? I don't know. There's just, there's, it's one mystery after one mystery with this team this year, Henry. And it feels so similar to 2019. It's making me sick. I'm like relapsing. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. It does feel similar to 2019 in some respects. I get that. I think there are a couple of reasons to be optimistic, you know, potentially optimistic is number one, uh, again, I think this the scheme is just better than it was in 2019. I'm still a, a believer in that. I think number two is I'm hopeful that that Baker Mayfield after a bye week will start to move a little bit better because to me, that's the thing that's impacting him more than the shoulder at this point. And I think that's why the last three weeks in particular have been so bad is one of the big things Kevin but he, he said, he said going into this game, this was the best he had felt since the injury. Yeah, I mean, that's just a lie. Like, they they said he was going to be able to make more plays with his feet. He scribbled one time and was limping back to the huddle. Like, that's great to say in, in the media, but it clearly was not true because he was limping immediately. And my only hope is that if his heel is a little bit better, that, that he can produce a little bit more, at least in some respects. And on the other hand, I think, you know, at the end of the day, this is kind of, you know, the result we expected, like, the Ravens, yeah. you know, beat the Browns game. by six. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, like, felt like how this game was going to go. And I think the way it happened caused some people to react, you know, more strongly because it felt like a squandered chance. But if you just told me, like, on Thursday, like, okay, the Browns lost by six to the Ravens, I'd be like, yeah, that, that that's about right. Yeah, but it's but it's how. It's like, like Henry, that, our defense, literally, they, that was the best game they've played all year. They, they literally could not have played better. That was Joe Woods' best scheme game of the year on defense. Everything. Jadavian Clowney's best game. Miles Garrett had a hell of a game. Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, by far his best game. Arguably John Johnson's best game. Grant Delpit's best game of his career, probably. Like, I mean, you had all these things going for you, and you couldn't get the job done because you just couldn't move the ball and score points on offense. It was a historic loss, Henry. The last 37 teams to throw four interceptions in a game lost. I mean, think about that. And then you go back to the Chargers game earlier in the year. The Browns became like only person to have or only team in NFL history to have 40 plus points, no turnovers and lose the game. I mean, it's been historic losses this year. It was bad. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that. I guess I have a little bit of, I 
I saw some things out there where I thought, okay, maybe in two weeks. And it really comes down to this, Jordan. On the first drive, I thought Baker Mayfield looked like himself and had a couple of sharp throws. And then, again, the one scramble, he was limping. He never looked the same. But my hope is in two weeks from now, maybe the foot, the heel is a little bit more uh, healed. And then I, I, I do still have faith in the scheme. As I said, I like some of the adjustments in the second half. So if I'm trying to find a silver lining in the offense, I do think in two weeks they will score more here's, effectively against this Ravens defense. But, but here's the thing. I just don't know if it's going to matter at that point. I mean, you have a 5% chance to make the playoffs right now. Oh, yeah. I'm to, not they, sure they, it is going to matter. They, but They can only afford to lose one more game, maybe. Probably not even, though. I, I think they, they would get in at 10-7 if they lost one. But they... No, I don't. I don't think this team is going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be eight and nine or nine and eight. But uh, that's the reality that's you know beset them since basically Baker's been hurt. The way it's going right now is if you can't, you know, if if the team that you're playing can take away the run against you, the game is over. I mean, that's how it is. You got your ass kicked by the Patriots that way. You should have lost to the Lions, but they weren't good enough. The Ravens beat you that way. You're going to play the Ravens again, and you play the Raiders, the Packers. I just, I, I don't know. I just. I don't have any faith anymore, Henry. It's it's been very dark times. I'm a, I'm a sad bastard today, and it's just just kind of how it is. I I just this team hasn't showed me anything that I can look forward to and say like, well, maybe that's going to change or this will change. And the other thing about this too, while I'm on topic, where was Kareem Hunt last night? Another another thing on Kevin Stefanski. I mean, was he hurt or what was the deal? I, Dearness Johnson was in the game like late in the game. What are we doing? I, what are we doing, man? I speculated this, and, and I still feel this way, that I, I have to believe Kareem Hunt was on a snap count in that game, right? And I know they, they might not say that publicly. but Probably why didn't else? tell him either. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe they didn't tell him either. And, and that part, I, I think, is an issue. But why else would Dearness Johnson... Probably, like, no, you know, that's exactly... You know, that, now that I think about it, that is exactly what happened, Henry. They probably didn't tell him he was on a snap count. He's wondering, why the hell am I not in the game? And then Kareem Hunt's dad goes to Facebook. That's where we're at. Yeah, it's just because why else, like you mentioned, like Dearness Johnson being in the game at the end of the game didn't make any sense other than like, okay, they they realize like their usual third down back is not going to be in there, Kareem Hunt, and they, you know, want to put, uh, you know, jo- Johnson in there because he well, is Stefanski the guy that's said, the pass pro, you know, type of running back. Stefanski was asked about it. He said it was a scheme thing. I mean, what the hell scheme do you have that's going to have – that's going to scheme up Dearness Johnson being in the game over Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, or even Demetrius Felton for that matter. Yeah. And, and again, I think it's just straight up. They, you know, that Johnson is their backup third down back Kareem Hunt. They weren't going to put in the game and maybe he'll be healthier in two weeks. That's another thing I do think I'm hopeful for is that we get the full force Chubb and Hunt two weeks from now. But yeah, I, I understand. I'm trying to, you know, look at this with some rose colored glasses. It was a, uh, it was terrible. I'm not saying it wasn't terrible, but I'm just I'm trying to find you know uh, reasons to be a little bit more optimistic I, heading I into think two weeks from now. The only I think the only thing you can really look to is the defense. I mean that the defense was the only silver lining. And defense played yeah. great. Like as I mentioned, there were a ton of good performances individually on that defense and collectively as a whole. I mean, defensive line played great. You know, the secondary is pretty good for the most part all night. So I mean, that's the silver lining. The other silver lining is you obviously know that you match up well against the Ravens. Uh, I mean, you, you know, you play again nine times out of 10 and you have four turnovers in the game. That might be the one time you only lose it. So, I mean, that's the silver linings. You know, you match up with this team. If you're able to clean up, clean up some of the bullshit, then you might be able to win. Problem is, I don't know if they can clean it up because they haven't been able to, you know, prove that. They, they, this is an undisciplined team. 
Henry to get multiple uh, 12 men on the fields. The the late hits seems like Malik McDowell has one every single week at this point. Um, it just seems like an undis- undisciplined group. And that lends me to believe that like, like I can look, you know, the silver lining is there, but just don't know if we're going to be able to overcome it. Yeah, and that part's so strange. I mean, this was a team that uh, that was low in terms of penalties in the league last year. I mean, they showed the graphic. They had, like, two roughing the passers all of last year, and they already have five. I, part of that is uh, – and, and this is a total tangent. I have no – I just don't understand the roughing the passer rules at all anymore. Just, like, half the time you hit the quarterback. Yeah, that that call-out clowning but, was terrible last night. But uh, in general, yeah, they're, they're weirdly undis- – It's they had a rookie head coach last year. In a pandemic, they were somehow extremely disciplined. And now in his second year with a more veteran-laden team than last year, they're less disciplined. It doesn't make any sense. Like that that part, I, I just don't have an answer for that. And, and I wish I did, but I don't. That, that I cannot square away. The only thing I can think of, and I don't even know if this really makes sense, is like everything was so tight-knit last year. Like the players weren't even like allowed to go anywhere, right? Like it was so like a lockdown with COVID that maybe the freedom this year, like things became distractions. I don't know, but that's like literally the only thing I can even think of. Yeah. I, it, it, to me, that just like, these guys have been around the league for a while. Like I, I get that. I, and, and let's, you know, uh, Malik McDowell, you know, obviously was at, at fault for that one penalty, but let's call it for what it is. A lot of the young guys are the guys playing the best right now. I mean, yeah, Clowney had a good game, but JOK was the best, you know, arguably the best defensive player on the field last night. And that included, you know, that your probable defensive player of the year in Miles Garrett. I mean, JOK was everywhere last night. It was it, Patrick Crean was pretty good last night, too. But yeah, I, I, JOK was right up there. No doubt. Yeah, I, I, I frankly, I think JOK had a much more difficult matchup in terms of what was asked of him between Lamar Jackson, between playing in, in the zone passing game, between coming on blitzes. And there were a couple times too where the Ravens tried to run the power run game right up the middle at JOK, and he wasn't having any of it. He stonewalled uh, their power running game despite his, his size. And so I thought, I thought he played like an All-Pro linebacker last night. I really did. And between him, Greg Newsom, I thought played a phenomenal game at corner. They tried to pick on him, and it felt like every time they tried, they failed. Grant Delpit yeah. had a great game. I mean, it, we do need to talk about this defense because it was yeah. everything we hoped it would be coming into the season. Yeah, I, I like that you pointed out Greg Newsom. I think he's been great all year, quite frankly. Um, Henry, I've been really, really impressed with his open field tackling. Um, I think he's by far the best tackling corner the Browns have. I mean, it's not saying a lot because it's not, I mean, Denzel is not a great tackler, nor is Greedy, but Greg Williams, I mean, or excuse me, Greg Newsom, every time he's been you know, one of those third and eights where they throw the ball three or five yards and it's on the cornerback to make the tackle. seems like every time that he's been in that situation this year, he has made the tackle. And the other thing is with JOK, you're right. I mean, let's talk about some promising things. Uh, JOK, very promising, Henry. I mean, we go back to the draft in April or May, whenever it was, you know, a lot of people were sitting around, you know, analyzing that pick and saying, look, they made this pick for one reason. And that's to defend Lamar Jackson, you know, to kind of play that contain that spy guy to be that guy on Lamar Jackson. And so for this to be his first matchup against him and really kind of play it perfectly. I mean, that's definitely promising as well. That's promising moving forward. That's promising for next week as well. So, yeah, and I just I really do think that Jadavion Clowney, Henry, um, I thought he was spectacular yesterday. I, I really do. It seemed like he was in the backfield on every single play. And let's call it for what it is. Too. Lamar Jackson is just. He's just a really, really, really good football player. Um, Jadavion Clowney could have had four sacks last night, and Jackson was just too quick. 
you know, it, that happened a handful of times. And, and I can't imagine how frustrating that is to play against, but yeah, those are some of the guys that I thought, um, you know, really stepped up on the def- on the defensive end last night. I, yeah. And, and to me, what was so promising is you saw what this team could be when everybody was healthy, where you had the three safeties. I mean, they basically played Ronnie Harrison as like a half box linebacker and, and, and then rotated him in and out with Grant Elpit. You saw the versatility, the speed, all that was on display and they played with the edge. I thought, you know, Greg Newsom, you brought it up. That's a guy that look, that dates back to Northwestern. One of the concerns coming in to the draft for him was durability. And that's because he has always tackled hard. He has always played physical in the run game and, and against receivers as well. And that showed through last night. Again, I think JOK is a small guy that played above his weight last night. And in general, I thought the, the defense took it to the Ravens. Now, I'll be, I'm slightly concerned that they didn't blitz more just because that's been the formula to defeat the Ravens. And, and I'm wondering if the turnovers covered up some of the, you know, uh, some of that stuff and could potentially bite them. I wonder if the Ravens will come with more of a power running game to defeat those light boxes, if they'll have some adjustments there, but this against a guy that they have been unable to stop in the past two years, they held him down. The offense didn't help him out at all. And they held him down. The Ravens had the ball for 37 minutes in this game and scored 16 points. I mean, you can't that's, ask your much for more from your defense than that. And, and that's what's been so disappointing all year, Henry, because earlier in the year, there were games where, like, you know, the offense was doing its thing, but the defense couldn't do anything, you know, like the Chargers game. And then you had games where the defense is doing their thing and then the offense can't. That's what the Browns' problem has been all year. I've been able to play complete football games. The special teams outside of Chase McLaughlin missing his, his uh, kick last night was, was pretty good, you know, and the defense obviously was great. Uh, so this is – have they played one – complete game all year. I mean, I, I, you'd probably have to go back to the Bengals game, right? That's the only game where I think it was like defense played their ass off offense played great. And you saw the result. It was a, that's what, see, that's what the team could be. The team could be that team in Cincinnati, but the fact that they're not week in week out is the most frustrating part of all this. I mean. It is. And I, and I just, you know, you look at the schedule down the stretch and you just don't see, you know, unless they find that gear where they can play together, they're, they're going to be in trouble here. And and we talked about at the beginning of the year, the late buy I thought could be helpful for this team. It turns out it was a disaster. I mean, yeah. uh, let's call for it. It's like getting the buy now is like, great. Like now we have the buy. Like the we could have used this two or three weeks ago, uh, just was, with the way the season played out. And it was such a grind too, Henry, like 12 straight weeks of this, you know, you and I doing what we do in our careers, like 12 straight weeks of this was, it was a lot. Um, the buy is very, very much needed. It came at a pretty good time, at least for us, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe, maybe not for the players, but I, I think we could all uh, use a bye week as well. The other thing I want to say real quick before we sign off is, um, you know, it's it, time like this where you kind of look for the leaders um, kind of as much in the locker room as you do to the coaching staff. And I think another issue with the Browns is I think Baker Mayfield was that guy especially on offense that you could look to like, this is a guy that's going to fire us up. He plays with fire. He plays with edge. Like he's the guy that can get you going. I just think he has zero confidence right now. And it's pretty evident. And, and it's hard to be a leader. It's hard to be that rah-rah guy, the lead by example guy, when you just don't have the confidence in yourself and, and your play isn't backing it up. I mean, Henry, 11 pat, tat, passing touchdowns in 12 games is it's, it's pretty bad. Um, so I don't, I think there's no confidence there. And it shows, and that's kind of, I think that's another thing. I just think that he was 
like confident Baker cocky swagger Baker last year was the second half of the season and everything we saw last year. And we thought that would lead into this year and we'd pick up right where we were, but no, it's gone the complete opposite. Um, you know, it's worse than it was last year and the confidence is gone. And I just don't know if he can get it back. And if you can't get it back, then who do you turn to in that locker room? Uh, I mean, we've seen immaturity from a lot of these guys, Henry, and I just, it's bad. It's it, it's bad. And I, I think you need a leader to turn to in these times. And I just don't know if the Browns have that guy. Not sure they do. We talked about all these guys we thought were going to be leaders, but just look at the evidence. I mean, they have played like a team that has lacked leadership this year. And whether you want to blame the coach, whether you want to blame the players in the locker room, but we've, we've hit on it several times. I mean, the penalties, the, the letdown spots in huge games. I mean, to not come out ready to play in that Steelers game, things like that. I mean, those are things that young teams do. Not that not teams with all these guys that are, you know, former captains and all of that stuff. And, and frankly, the young guys seem to be the ones that have shown the most leadership in terms of at least their play so far and the way they've handled things. It's the veteran guys, you know, that Kareem Hunt, it's Miles Garrett, it's Oda Beckham Jr., that are, it's Jarvis Landry that are making the headlines. It's Baker Mayfield that are the ones, you know, causing the headlines. It's not the rookies. It's not the young guy where you're like, oh, you know, he'll learn from this. These guys should know better. And they're the ones ultimately uh, that I think this season falls on right now, to be honest, is is that they have not uh, shown the resilience that I thought they would coming into the year. Yeah, not at all. And I mean, there's a couple of games left to, you know, show something i mean a lot of these guys i mean henry this team could look a lot different next year it really could jarvis landry he might not be here he's making a lot of money in that wide receiver room you know hasn't produced the wide receiver room is going to look a lot different next year the offense is going to look different there's a lot of people with question marks surrounding their names that you're going to find out the answers to in these next coming weeks and if it goes south team's going to look a lot different next year so i mean buckle in man we got the bye week and then six more of these Yep, I and I think five more of these actually. Sorry, five more, and and yeah, I think Jarvis is is one of those guys that look. The Browns have have already signed two guards to extensions this off season. They they've already put some of their money, you know, for next year on the table in, in some respects, and told you who they're going to invest in. And one thing we we haven't even mentioned, Jordan, and we should just before I sign off here is Jack Conklin tearing his patellar tendon. It looks like you know that's an so injury. Brutal that so that could cost him into next year. So the Browns are at least going to have to figure out a third tackle. <laughs> they really going to use Chris, Chris Hubbard this year. Chris but, Hubbard, yeah. Uh, but they, they've got to find somebody who can stay healthy next year because you're already looking like, you know, Jack Conklin might not be ready for, for opening day. So that's uh, another injury that that's going to stumble into next year and a guy that they're going to have to, you know, spend some money on at some point. So they, they've got some tough decisions coming on this roster, win or lose these next five games. I'm not giving up complete hope yet, but yeah, I think not only is this team, you know, uh, got some some tough questions to face. I think some of these individual players are yeah. playing for a lot right now. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, five games to figure it out, Henry. I guess we just hope that things go right and we can c- return to some kind of form that we saw in 2020 next year. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of how these next five games are going to play out, I think. Yep, we will we will have coverage of all of those in a lot more, Jordan. But first, there is the bye week. We'll have plenty of bye week content for sure. And then another matchup with the Ravens. That's the other thing to be optimistic about. We talked about it at the beginning of the year. The Ravens now got to go play Pittsburgh and then travel to Cleveland. So that's at least a, a schedule thing that benefits the Browns. And, and 
that hopefully should, you know, maybe get them off on the right foot. They've got two home games in a row after the bye week, uh, but they're probably going to need both of those if they have any shot at the playoffs. So until then, Browns fans, you can find me at Henry underscore Ettinger. You can find Jordan at J underscore Climac 20. Did I get that right this time? Yeah. Ah, all right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as I said, we'll, we'll have bi-week content, but but more and more of you guys have been interacting uh, on Twitter. So appreciate that. Uh, love w- to hear from some of you guys. So so please keep that up. Love talking Browns football with you. And as I said, we're going to try to keep finding, trying to find the optimistic things <laughs> because we, we got to keep watching these football games, Jordan, don't we? Yeah, we do. It's <laughs> if we got to watch them, you got to watch them. So interact with us. <laughs> hey, I watch. I watch all sixteen games when they went zero sixteen. So you know, yeah, I was so hoping I, for that one way, and I know and Jordan, I even, you probably did too. So there have been worse times. Is, do you remember? Wasn't the Owens? Was it the Owens? Yeah, it was the Owens sixteen year when uh they had a London game, so you had to wake up to watch it. And I even woke up to watch that one. So yeah, I can. I woke up in this. college to watch that. It was yes, the same uh, year. Yep. Uh, and so yeah, that was uh an experience for sure. But anyway, Barnes fans, I've rambled on too long here. Until next time, two words for you: Go Browns. <laughs>